Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 228. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is a list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out September 9th, 2014. And then we 10th. follow that up with... September 10th. What, what did you say? September 9th? So, yeah. Uh, I didn't even I, catch I that. I said that because September is the ninth month. Yeah. Ninth, the 10th, year. 14. Yes. That's the date. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Not nine nine fourteen. But today's the date that we do our rotating main topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was I was trying to turn it around and then I just realized like how terrible it was. <laughs> I was saying it. No, I, w- every- I drifted off because I was like, hey, nine nine ninety nine. That's the year the Dreamcast came out. That's the day the Dreamcast came out in North America. So. It's also the day that Final Fantasy uh, Eight came out. Because oh. I got it. It's the first day of school too. Hey, that's cool. Hey. But, what's but then the f- every week we do a rotating main topic, and this week it's our monthly uh, trading policy. We're taking a look at a book that John brought to the table. It's The Talent of Luther Strode, written by Justin Dorden, with art by Trad Moore. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah. before we start all that, I was <laughs> thank still you, thinking... Thank you for agreeing with me, Paul. I was still thinking about the Dreamcast, man, because like <laughs> that was the first game... You were system. dreaming about the Dreamcast. Because that was the first system that I like actually... like mowed lawns and like saved money up for and bought all on my own just by going to you know mom can you drive me to the mall <laughs> i want to buy a game system and i bought it and i'm like this is going to be the best sega system ever it's launching with 13 titles that's the largest opening uh, blah 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 game release with a system thus far it's going to be awesome there's and no that, way well, and that was need, all the games calm. they made yeah. paul you need to calm down why don't you have a drink i should because man I'm so sad that the dreamcast just didn't have work <laughs> but i am happy about uh, i'm i'm whelmed by this beer i'm not overwhelmed i'm not underwhelmed i'm whelmed uh, and we are drinking one of the uh, specialty bottles from Founders. This is their Decenter Imperial IPL, um, 8.7% alcohol per volume. Um, not, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's not an IPA. No. And you can definitely tell that there is a little more bitterness to it on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Paul Paul and I both agreed not a very good nose on this beer. Oh, do not do not take a whiff of this beer. It smells, as John put it. Like a wet dog. It smells kind of wet doggy. But uh, I'm a little stuffed up also, so maybe that's playing into it. Uh, I'm just kind of sad that you guys aren't uh, a little bit more impressed with it, because I've had it a few times. I actually had two of them uh, a couple days ago. I went to Founders just to like hang out on my day off. And I got myself a sandwich and started off with a dissenter, and then I had another dissenter after that. No, it's it's definitely not a it's not a bad beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if just because of these bottles, I'm always expecting something big like yeah. Bolt Cutter or mm-hmm. something else that we've had from them in this line, this series. Um, but no, it's good. It's definitely good. It's probably up there. IPLs go. Yeah. It's probably one of the best. It's much better, better than the Magic Hat IPL. That was that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, as it just so happens to turn out, I too am drinking an IPL. This one is from Smutty Nose. This is the Frankenlager. Um, I saw it. I was attached to the bottle at first, and I was, I was like, "Oh, it's cool. It's like a Frankenstein head, but he's made up of hops." And so I was like, "Like classy." And then I saw it was an IPL. I was like, "Oh well, I really like to center. This is an easy grab for me." And 
the overwhelmed feeling you guys got from Dissenter I might be having with this, because it's not bad. It's kind of wheaty. Yeah. Um, it's got like a like pungentness on the tongue. It kind of dries you out a little bit. I don't know if that's just from like the hops that they use or just like overly barley-y, but it's not bad, but not something I would write the soldiers about, I guess. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah, if it's not up to the snuff of the center, I can understand it not being that great. Yeah. Not bad, but... Eh. Yeah. 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 Hey, but what is great? Maybe news? Oh, yeah, and all the news that you can use is found here on the Bag and Boardcast. <laughs> right, guys? Yeah. And, and something we've all said and uh, many some, times. Some casting news. Uh, is it a surprise? Are you shocked? Do you feel like you were hit by a bolt of lightning when you heard this, John? Yes. You did? No. Oh. No, we, we, he kind of put it out there on Twitter that this was going to happen, and it's... I think I'm, I'm a little more shocked that he is going for Black Adam versus Shazam, and that's, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, has been cast as Black Adam, which makes me think Black Adam is going to be more of a likable bad guy that's going to be around a little bit more than maybe Shazam. I think he could play that really quiet, brooding, just like everything's below me. Yeah, I think so too. You know, um, Scorpion you would King. Have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My only thought is who can they get? Definitely is not going to be as imposing physically as The Rock, but who can they get to play uh, Shazam? Billy Batson or Shazam? Shazam. I mean, Billy Batson can just be some kid who, you know, who who cares about that kid? But Shazam, somebody who looks like they can go toe-to-toe but still can play a stoic hero that's very childish, Mm -hmm. that is a kid. He's got the wisdom of Solomon. Yeah, but he's still a kid who's a superhero. Yeah, yeah it's all a kid. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you have to have somebody who can play it fun. Mm-hmm. So that and, and also be kind of beefy. Well, also kind of in somewhat related news, it was announced that we have a screenwriter for the Shazam movie, too. Oh, what? Um, yeah, so it is official. It, I mean, we know the movie's happening, but they are continuing to, like, starting to work on it. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was the writer of the Jack the Giant Slayer movie that came out a couple years ago. It wasn't um, a bad movie. And he said that uh, there will be no Shazam appearing in the Batman vs. Superman. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. Let's try to remember the rest of it because it's a long one. Um, but then went on to say that they are going to be going a different route with Shazam than you get with most characters because he's not like every other DC hero. He's not like any other Marvel hero or anything. Uh, so I think it's good that they're going into it with that kind of mind frame that yeah. you have to go in with that kind of like childlike wonder. Yeah. That yeah. you have a kid get superpowers. Yeah, and it's something definitely they don't... I mean, it's got to be have to be a soft PG-13 because most of these movies have been PG-13. And this one, you really want to get those little kids interested in Shazam. The, so you, uh, his name is Darren Lemke. He was also he wrote Turbo, the the snail and, movie, like the DreamWorks movie about the like snail. Yeah. Would well, you guys want to see uh, Shazam more in the vein of what uh, Jeff Smith did? 
like uh, Shazam or Captain Marvel and the Monster Society, like the kind of all ages kind of take on Shazam, or would you want more of what they kind of did with the New Fifty Two, where he's kind of a a jerk kid and um, I don't, which I don't really like. I find the New Shazam very off putting. Yeah, I I agree. I enjoy that more. Really, like that good kid, like the the Shazam that you get in the um. Young Justice cartoon. Okay. You know he he shows he shows up and wants to yeah, go trick really or, he wants to go trick or treating. He's he's dressed up as Shazam, and then he's got like his face painted. And he's like, "You guys going trick or treating?" And they're like, no, "We're not gonna go with you." And he's like, "Oh, I'm really a kid." Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed that. Like him wanting to hang out with uh, Young Justice, but then just looking at him as like another adult superhero. Yeah. Probably, you need to watch that show. It's really good. It is really good. I like the direct-to-DVD you know, um, thing that they did with the Shazam. The Shazam versus Black yeah. Adam mm-hmm. with Superman fighting with him. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, it was, was a good. bunch of shorts together. And yeah, yeah, that was fun. And I like that take, too, because it is a down-and-out kid that has a golden heart that's, you know, is imbued with this power, not just... I, I don't get it. I really don't get the new 52 take. It's like... Well, especially okay since... the new 52 take, though, where it's the kid that has to learn how to be an adult by being an adult. Hmm. Like, having those superpowers is, like, what actually winds up grounding him. Hmm. Um, and here's, here's some other kind of... It's not really casting news... But there is an Academy Award winning actor who's throwing his hat into the ring to say, I want to play these movies. I'm going to be in the Marvel movies. Al Pacino, after seeing Guardians of the Galaxy, was uh-huh. like, okay, I get it. I want to be in these. Hmm. And is now uh, beginning to pitch himself to be in the Marvel movies. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! <laughs> I'm Captain America. Hoo-ah! Uh, <laughs> that's that's my Al Pacino. That's all I got is the hooah, which uh, is horrible. And it's right? not even close. I, I don't want to see Al Pacino in my Marvel movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. I, I don't know who he could play that uh, I would be like oh, Mephisto yeah. in Doctor <laughs> Strange. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, he plays go. a great devil. You're, wel- you're welcome. Because uh, uh, you're welcome, Al Pacino. Devil's advocate. There you go. Exactly. Um, and then I, I just thought it was funny that he really enjoyed that movie so much um, that he wanted to do that. Did you guys see what the well, original... Yeah, it's Stan Lee's original cameo. What it originally was supposed to be? Yeah, where he's yeah. in the collector uh, kind of collection, and he flips off. <laughs> he flish, fl- flips off Groot. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's no big surprise that El Pacino liked that movie, because a lot of people seem to be enjoying it even more... And more every week because this is now one of the 50 highest grossing motion pictures of all time, and it's on pace to surpass the original Iron Man movie, which did $585 million worldwide. Uh, I think it's already surpassed it uh, domestically. It just surpassed also the Man of Steel Uh, Um, more recently because, you know, with the Iron Man, was that in 3D? Iron Man, the like, first Iron Man. I don't, first, think so. I don't think so. And it's the inflation on uh, movie tickets, even you know from five years ago, it's kind of crazy. So Man of Steel, I think, is a more. Yeah, apt I think it's 
like that bad. I, I remember it's like ten bucks for a movie. I mean, it's like ten versus twelve, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, there's a lot of people that I know that have seen it multiple times. Like mm-hmm. I know someone that has gone to see it five times. I was mm-hmm. like, I've I've seen it once. I want to see it when it hits like the cheap second screen, you know, second yeah. screening thing. But I mean, it's it definitely has a following and. Kudos to Marvel for realizing what they had before it even came out, and we're like, "All right, you know, let's start up on number two. And also with um, the director James Gunn, like, I'm really glad for the success for him because he's been kicking around for years, and I've enjoyed his movies as small mm-hmm. budget and everything as they are. I'm really glad to see the success on his shoulders, like for him. Uh, yeah, it's it's good for someone to have work to do now. Exactly, especially someone who can who gets who gets it. Like his genre movies that he does are really great versions of that. Uh, even Slither, Slither was a lot of fun. It was exactly how it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, you guys have well, any? Kinda, I, I have I have a lot more stuff. I oh, have uh, some sad news that I want to get uh, out of the way. That is kind of like the anti-casting news. Uh, Tori Balechi, uh Grant Imahara, and Carrie Grant. Don't look at me. I have no idea what you're talking Carrie, about. Uh, oh, I oh the guys from yeah, Mythbusters. Mythbusters. No longer going to be on Mythbusters. Oh. Not coming back for this next season. They're just going to go with two main people, and that's it. Which I'm very upset about because most of the time uh, I've enjoyed their smallness, you know, that they would do like three different little ones in a row, more so than the like the main one that the you know that. Oh, what? That's a, it's kind of a surprise, but <laughs> I'm first sorry, of Chris. All... Were you rapping? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Go ahead. No, uh, just some audio th- craziness no. happened, so my bad. Um. First thing, I didn't know that Mythbusters was still on because uh, anytime I watch Myth- Mythbusters, it's, it's one of like the same forty episodes that I've seen before. On um, Netflix, there's ninety nine episodes. Jeez, so that's kind but of this show has been on for almost ten years. Like it feels yeah, this like this is the tenth season. Yeah, or um, the eleventh. Second, didn't it just start off with the two guys originally? Like I can't remember yeah. the names. Like Jamie, well, and the other guy, <laughs> Jamie and the and the guy with the walrus mustache. That is the walrus mustache yeah. guy, is oh. Jamie. Who's the other guy? Adam? Savage. Adam and Savage. Savage. Okay, and I, thought, I thought so, but I wasn't sure, but yeah. Jamie Heidemann so and Adam they're Savage. Getting, they're just getting back to business. Yeah. Um, what's happening to the uh, the interns? I, I don't know if you can really call them that anymore, but are they doing their own thing now? Yeah, is that they, why? No, no. They, they just kind of somewhat announced it themselves on Twitter. They're like, uh, thanks, Discovery Channel, for the opportunity. We had a lot of fun uh, working on Mythbusters with Great. So, yeah, I think it was kind of a surprise to them as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to be missing something. But even in the very first episode, you had uh, Carrie, right? That's her name? Yeah, Carrie. In that very first episode, and you had the Grant came in later, but they were always around in the background, like they helping were, building things. Yeah, they were always helping to build things. Mm-hmm. And I think there was like, uh, we need to fill a half hour. We need other things going on. Hey, these guys have personalities. No, it's a whole hour show. Even still, they yeah. got to fill an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I think it, it, it's sad to say. Oh, it's sad. to to say, oh, they're going, but 
I didn't even know the show was still on. So, yeah. it, but I mean, it's a great show. It's something I always enjoy when I see it. But yeah, yeah, I, I loved it when it hit Netflix, and I was like, oh yeah, time to gorge well, on me some MythBusters. I, I'm I'm ready to jump in on that because just announced uh, Netflix has purchased the rights for Gotham. Did you guys see that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Before the first uh, episodes even aired, Netflix was like, we we want rights to this. And this is a big turning point for Fox, because uh, have you noticed the very little amount of Fox television shows on Netflix? Well, they have, like, Bob's Burgers, um, New Girl. New Girl. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm trying to think just, like, what I have on my queue, because I don't even that's know. what I see the most. I don't even know what They're- Fox shows are. I mean, 24? Yeah, 24. 24. Simpsons. Um, the Simpsons isn't on Netflix. Not anymore? Yeah. Or is it? It used know. to be. I, I, I know there it, was a. F- I don't think it is now, but you can actually watch like every episode of The Simpsons on The Simpsons website now. It's like the same thing that they have with South Park, where if you just go to their website, you can I, so, view every single episode. That's cool. And they had, didn't they have a deal with um, Family Guy, too? That new episodes would come up on Netflix then, too? Mm hmm. Um, uh, th- I know I was reading I read this about this in the Motley Fool which is an investment you know trade I guess or magazine or newspaper website whatever and they were talking about uh, you know this is a kind of a new thing for Fox to actually get into one of these deals with Netflix right off the bat so well I, th- I think it's ultimately smart because the people that don't watch your show when it's airing and they just marathon it they're going to come back because if they enjoy it, and Buzz for Gotham is pretty good right now, um, you, you've got those advertisers getting their money's worth. You know when season two airs. Yeah, and um, that's what Warner Brothers really leaned on with uh, Arrow because Arrow, when it first started, was an okay show for CW, but once it hit Netflix and the next season started after the Netflix deal, it became CW's top watch show and it was me finishing the series on netflix that made me pay for hulu to watch season two on hulu because the wb app to watch on their thing was so shitty (laughs) (laughs) that's they got you that's how they do it that's how they did it and i'd try to watch it but they'd play like a commercial the same commercial eight times in a row and i'm like it's only supposed to play two things and like Ten minutes later, the show would kick up again, and I'm like, I just sat here watching the same thing. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do Hulu. Uh, we'll probably wind up doing a review of Gotham after it airs. Uh, the show premieres September 22nd, and I think I think it's something we're all interested yeah. in. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll probably do a TV cavalcade roundup. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did, you, did, did you do a spit take, Chris? <laughs> I, I chuckled a little bit. I started tripping over my words. Um, well, another show we might have to look forward to, or maybe not look forward to, could possibly be a Supergirl show. Did you guys see that? Yes. There's talks about possibly developing a Supergirl show. And this is from Greg Berlanti, the producer who's in charge of Arrow and The Flash, uh, supposedly in talks now to get that started. And they say it can be... A couple month process because they want to talk to networks about it and kind of lay the groundwork before they get something going, like they did with uh, like The Flash and Gotham. But could be interesting. Uh, thoughts on Supergirl? 
Uh, it'd definitely be something that I would be interested in seeing if if it's taken seriously, if it's done well, if it's not that Smallville soap opera e show. That's that's what I'm afraid of. Is it basically just being Smallville with a teenage girl and seven teenage guy? I don't think they're. I think with the success of Arrow and what they're doing with a Flash, I don't think we need to be worried about that anymore. Because the Smallville was no no cape, no tights, no cape, no flights. Like no no tights, no flights. So this is the, I don't think they're afraid of doing po- superpowers on TV anymore. So I think if we're going to get a Supergirl, it's going to be a Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, it's not something that I'm kicking down doors for, but it's definitely something I'd be interested in seeing be interested in checking it out the more information comes out about it if it's on the cw also if it's another spin-off from the flash and we're got a justice league b team (laughs) you know on the television and they could do a whole crazy three-part miniseries all in one week where you watch one episode you said they're gonna do that with flash and green arrow so boom it's not something I'd be breaking down doors for either, but it's something I'd be interested in seeing. And more importantly, it's something that I would want to see do well, because what was the last female-led comic book TV show we had? Birds of Birds Prey? Birds of Prey. And that uh, really Which played good. on TBS? I forgot all about that. Yeah, but I think Birds of Prey was before. But I mean, yeah. it, it happened yeah, but after. Yeah, Witchblade actually... Did somewhat well for TBS. Like it yeah, had more on than TBS. one. It had more than one yeah. half season. I'm just trying to think of what else you know and what yeah. did well. I mean, there's really not much else. I think. Yeah. No. I mean, if, uh, if, if, even think about that. Like even movie wise, mm-hmm. we have Elektra, yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. And oh. those were not good. No, they okay. were not. Uh, all right. Um, I just Googled the Witchblade TV show, and it ran for a year. Oh, it only ran for a year? <laughs> yeah. Well, two oh, seasons, but okay. 23 episodes. Okay. Well, so they seasons. were... I thought it had three. Okay. Yeah. Well, Buffy the I Vampire mean, were, was a superhero. Episodes, though. They were 60, 60 minutes. So, I mean, 23 episodes is basically still mm-hmm. a pretty full like commitment. Because that's basically... Like, 48 episodes of a half-hour drama, so. But they can do it if it's done well. Buffy the Vampire Slayer proves that, but you need somebody special like Joss Whedon doing it. But the thing is, too, I mean, not to make this a big discussion, Dollhouse didn't even do as well as Buffy did, and it had a lot more going for it, like, right out the gate than Mm -hmm. Buffy did. Oh. Firefly. (laughs) Yeah. It's not just a girl thing with that it, it's a fox thing at that point i think yeah um well one network that likes to give shows a chance is amc because they just ordered a pilot for a walking dead companion series and they've been talking about this for i think about two years now about doing this companion series and um and it wasn't there they might not connect with the characters from the show or they might be happening on another side and be venturing to meet up with these the other characters yeah there's really not a lot of information about the show west coast walking dead bas- yeah yeah it's basically <laughs> just said like oh no like this is something we would like 
Did you enjoy that Chris and I gave you the exact same response? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's exactly what it is, Paul. And I was, like, throwing it out there because I'm like, this is so stupid. It's the West Coast Walkers. Yeah, pretty much. Um, same production team behind it. Robert Kirkman, like, overseeing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I liked Walking Dead at the beginning, but I never continued on with it. I had friends that were all about it, but... And I'm asking this... Honestly and truly, do people still really care about the show? Because last I remember, like people were starting to get burnt out on it. Um, I I still think it does have a big craze, but I think a lot of people have and might have dropped off uh, on it. But I still think people are still pretty intense on it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just speaking from like the people that I knew that were crazy into it and excited for every single episode. Just seeing like the degradation of them caring with every new episode that would come out until finally I just didn't see anything anymore on my Facebook feed. Well, the thing is, with a comic book series, you can go forever. I don't think, no matter what, a television show can't, and it shouldn't. And the only satisfying thing you can do for the series is come up with an end. And that is the one thing that Robert Kirkman does not want to do. (laughs) Yeah. So it's... I, I think with The Walking Dead, it's a double-edged sword. And if, you know, the audience doesn't feel like it's actually building towards a conclusion, I think you can get restless. You know, the audience can. But then again, it's still a big water cooler kind of topic for, at my office. And I think there's a lot, every time it hits, it's Game of Thrones level activity on Twitter. So, yeah, people, I think there's still people out there, even if they got burnt out, are still enjoying it. Because... The show can get a bit tedious, mm-hmm. and I think you know you're. It's an episode that's building, and then you have a payoff episode, and then you have a building episode, mm-hmm. and then you have a payoff episode, or you'd have a couple build-up episodes. Um, but I mean, like how it ended, it ended pretty huge, you know, with uh, everything that happened and the teasers and the trailers and stuff they've been putting out for this new season are getting people excited again because it's going to be darker it's going to be more violent it's going to be almost no holds barred with uh what's going on well talking about not holding anything back uh just announced from disney they are going to be debuting a new frozen animated short before a movie coming out sometime within the next year oh yeah jump on that cash train i was gonna say this is the movie that keeps paying the bills for them basically right now. Um, everyone's returning for it. Uh, Kristen Bell, Adina Menzel coming back to voice their characters. We have a new song from the creative team that composed all the music from the first movie. Um, this is going to be a story about Anna's birthday party and how Elsa's going to like throw her like a surprise party and then just things don't go well. <laughs> Probably only looking at maybe like a five minute quick little. Mm-hmm. little thing to get people into the theaters to see whatever movie they attach it to because right. they haven't announced and a new catchy song yet. but dude if they can get another song out there in the lexicon that people become obsessed with so I don't have to hear let it go anywhere if they uh, could create for a it. happy birthday song that isn't the happy birthday song that is just as catchy so everybody can but everybody can just use it without needing to worry about things I think that'd be awesome for 
all for, English speakers for, everywhere. For movies where they have to sing happy birthday. <laughs> or well, you know, I, I don't I, I sing happy birthday to people on their birthday. I don't have to pay anything, Paul. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but we can't do it here on the it, podcast. If don't you, you dare movie, try. Though, like you're gonna have to pay for it. And if Disney can get that song out there where they're getting that money, yeah. Why not? Oh yeah, Disney would make us pay for it. Just, yeah. They also had a thing for um with Frozen coming to uh, Ever After, is that the show? Yeah, uh, they, one, no, Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, they had a teaser of that where you have this woman all in white walking with ice behind her saying, like, Frozen's come to whatever. Storybrooke. Storybrooke. Which I thought was interesting. I was like, wow, that's really soon. Well, well that's the thing. Like, all They dropped the ball machine. trying to support this right out the gate. So now they're kind of just playing catch-up, trying to get Frozen out everywhere that they can, because there's that much demand for it. Like, mm-hmm. As much as I enjoyed the movie, I didn't succumb to its spell like everyone else did. I still prefer Tangled. Yep. But everyone else is like, Frozen or die, man. <laughs> yeah. I know, but uh, be careful with throwing out that kind of language, Chris, because... Uh, the FBI is going to take uh, more seriously uh, death threats and harassment on social media uh, for people that are getting for uh, game developers and also, I guess, comic book creators as well. Uh, this kind of online harassment, they're going to start investigating more. Uh, if you re- if these if somebody wants to turn in saying, "Hey, look, I'm getting uh, constantly harassed online," uh, that you can. Go, I guess they, there's going to be an FBI kind of a kind of response. So, careful, 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 Paul. You gotta you gotta watch your trolling on the boards now. Yep. Yeah, I guess I am constantly trolling online now. Um, one one people, are, I got nothing. I'm trying to work in the trolling. Uh, did you guys see the picture of Vision though? No, I missed the Vision what? of Vision. Okay. Um, the Vision, well, the vision of Vision. Back during uh, San Diego Comic-Con, every day Marvel was releasing a, a new piece of a like uh, puzzle, giant concept art oh. that was revealing a character from the movie. And in one, you had the backside of Vision flying over an army of Ultron robots. Um, some movie theater has put up a display, probably a little bit early, that has some art of the Avengers for Age of Ultron. And amongst them is Vision. And he looks like Vision. <laughs> um, it's it's basically what you would expect the android from the comic books to look like. With the diamond on the forehead and everything? Yep, he's, yeah. I mean, it is, it's not actually like pictures of the actors as their characters. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, that same style of concept art that you see for everything else that they have for Age of Ultron out there. But it is definitely him. He's flying there he's got the cape he's got the red face he's got the little yellow diamond on his forehead mm-hmm. um also kind of worth noting on there stark tower has had the a from stark replaced with the stylized avengers logo and now captain america also has the a logo on his uh, shoulders as well huh which i thought was actually kind of cool that they're adopting the actual logo in there because they kind of teased it at the end of yeah. the movie with you know the last letter on Stark Tower, but yeah, that kind of made me happy. Not just seeing Vision, but them folding in more stuff like that. 
Hmm. Uh, I got nothing else for news. So if you want to keep on, uh, uh, I, I got I got one last thing. All right, go ahead. Um, also, kind of sad news on the heels of our Robin Williams discussion, but comedian Joan Rivers has passed away this week. Oh, did you okay. guys see that? I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I th- I think Joan Rivers, especially back in the day, was incredibly funny before she got into, you know, people's fashion for TV Guide. I always I always enjoyed her. I mean, she was one of the only people that Johnny Carson would let host while he was away. Mm-hmm. And I I always appreciated Joan Rivers. Yeah, well, Joan Rivers was going to be, there's that whole like late night thing that she was going to take over after Johnny Carson left. But then uh, Jay Leno stepped in because they Well, thought. no, she she left. She went and started her own show, and Johnny oh. crushed her, and she had never been on the show again oh. after that. That I'm not all too familiar with. The only thing I really remember her from uh, was appearing in one of the Muppets movies and then uh, as Dot Matrix <laughs> in Spaceballs. Space and then, you know, just all the red carpet stuff that she did. Because she kind of became known as like that fashion police mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um, if there's nothing out about else about her, I have a little bit comic book news. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm looking forward to Gal Simone starting up one of my favorite series of hers. Secret Six is coming back. Oh, I thought that was a secret. I thought we weren't allowed to say. Oh no, okay. we can say it. Okay. Now, I saw something about this, but is this the actual Secret Six? Is it going to be like Catman, Ragdoll? Uh, it's going to be the new 52's Secret uh, Six. Secret Six. Uh, Dale Eaglesham is doing the costume designs again oh, and the yeah. character designs. He's the one that brought Catman back mm-hmm. and made him look badass. Um, one of the characters that they've let say slip that, they sa- or not, that they've said is going to be in it is going to be Talon. Uh, is it Talon from um, yeah. Court of Owls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Talon. Yeah. Um, okay. he, he's going to be in it, and they haven't really said much of anything else about it, except Dale's going to be working on it, Gal's writing it, and it'll be coming out again as it looks like a quick little miniseries, which I kind of hope they do. I hope they continue on just doing mm-hmm. miniseries with these characters, because when you have to sustain a whole series, I think that's where you lose it, because... You can't always have big adventures, you know, week after week. Yeah. But if you can take your time to work out a nice story arc for a miniseries with these characters, I think that's your best bet. Yeah, them and Suicide yeah. Squad, I would like to be like, nope, just give me a miniseries and shake up their, you know, who's on the team, like, with every miniseries. And shake up the missions, you yeah. know? And actually make the missions really matter, like, you know, do a tie-in, right? Like, they're the ones that are trying to stop the horrible thing that's going to happen to the DCU right before the horrible thing happens to the DCU or something like that, you know? I think yeah, it would be I, really fun. I really like um, the original Secret Six miniseries and Villains United. They kind of spun it all out. But the actual ongoing series, I lost uh, interest in pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So I think it works really good as just that kind of like six-issue series. You know, knock one of those out every year. And then, like you said, next year, just bring it back. Yeah, different people on it, different team, different mission. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, that, So that's a book we could be looking forward to. 
But what's an actual book we're looking forward to this week, September 10th? Paul, go. You just took a sip of your drink. Uh, uh, go. Miss Marvel, <laughs> number six, talking about sixes. Um, hey, Lockjaw's on the cover. What's not to love? Oh, it's number eight. Sorry. <laughs> it's all, an even number. think about the last issue that he read. <laughs> Probably. Or the last issue he bought. I don't remember. Yeah. Hey, every girl wants a puppy. And what's a cooler puppy than... Lockjaw. Yeah. Paul, you gotta throw it to someone. Oh, uh, I gotta throw it? Creepers, oh, creepers. John, go ahead. You're in the room with me. I am in the room with you, and I am looking forward to Hawkeye number 20. Uh, we're going back to uh, Kate Bishop. Um, Hawk girl. Mm-hmm. Or guy. Hawk, Hawk gal. Hawk gal, whatever they're calling her. Uh, I've enjoyed the series. I know it's it's been taking forever for it to come out, but I still really enjoy it. I do not mind the time between because when I get that issue, it's fun and I like it. Chris, hey, I'm not in the room, but I too am also looking forward to a Marvel book, and this is the Death of Wolverine number two, written by Charles Soleil with art by Steve McDevin. I picked up number one because I was like, hey, it's something we can actually talk about for the look back for this month. And I actually wound up enjoying it a lot more than I figured I would have. I really don't succumb to the Marvel hype, hype train anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't pick up like their big crossover series. I'm not a big Wolverine fan. But there's something about this one that really just grabbed me. And I mean, Steve McNiven art, we've always loved him. Oh, yeah. And Charles Soleil, he's kind of one of those writers, when I read him on something, he makes me take note now. And I'm kind of upset that I haven't given him more of a chance, I think. Because reading Superman Wonder Woman, I was like, wow, this is a book that I could I could throw my money at if I had more money. And I believe he was the one who was working at Marvel and DC, right? Yeah. yeah. He's been he's doing, doing she hulk and he I really is. Uh, I, I think I saw that he's totally going to Marvel. He's not doing any more DC work. Wow. They nabbed well, him. It also makes sense because he's a lawyer by day. <laughs> like he's a, so he's like a superhero. He's lawyer he's, by day. He's a comic York, book writer. He's a New York uh, lawyer. Passed the bar and everything. He practices law. Uh, what is a good beer? Is a little something extra. John and John and I are drinking it again after drinking it, what, three, four episodes back? Yeah. It's delicious. I bought it, and Paul allowed me to drink half of his six-pack, so I was like, I have some in my fridge. I'm bringing them to share with Paul again. Oh, thank you, sir. I enjoy it. Delicious well, let beer. Me, let me tell you about the next beer that I'm drinking hmm. after I ask you to take a short pause so I can pour it out and go to the bathroom. Okay, well, you know what? We will pause then. And my next beer is from Left Hand Brewing, actually, and this is the... Chainsaw Ale, it's the Double Solitooth, which is an Imperial ESB. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very nice, really smooth. It's got like a nice sweetness on it, um, kind of vanilla-y. Hmm. It's, it's really pleasant. ESB is what again? An extra special bitter. Oh, okay. English it's, style. It's an English beer. style oh. beer and extra special bitter. Bitter means what for the English? That they hate their wives and they wish they were Lord Grantham or something else completely? I think that's your fantasy, Paul. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't no, get that I reference. love my wife. <laughs> Lord Grantham is a character on uh, Downton Abbey. Uh, uh, I've never watched Yeah, I'm straight, Paul. I didn't watch that. <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoy this. Like I said before, uh, when we were taking a little pause, 10 bucks for a bottle, but I dig it. Not, is, it, is it like a bomber bottle? It is a bomber. Yeah, it's a bomber style bottle. Oof. 
It says enjoy in a goblet. I'm having a full pint glass. <laughs> it's nine point four percent. Nice. Can't go wrong yeah. with that. Um, I try not to go wrong with that, John. Wasn't isn't the regular sawtooth they've been doing in the nitro? Uh, they, I think so. And also, you can get it in a six pack. Also, the regular sawtooth. Yeah, you, they had a regular one, but like they were doing the milk stout nitro. Mm-hmm. I think they have a sawtooth nitro. Oh, that would probably be pretty good. I say, if you can find that, check it out. Yeah. Um, left hand, even though I'm closer to where are they from? Colorado. Yes. Yes. I'm blacking out. Um, I haven't seen too much of their stuff around here yet. We were at a bar the other night for dinner, and in their like bottled beer section, there's like left hand nitro milk. So I was like, oh, that's I don't feel like that's that special because you can just go into any store in Buffalo and grab it. Well, now, but there was a good three year period oh, yeah. where it was just off the racks. Yeah, you came back from right. Ohio, Chris, and we're like, well, I had this really great beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm glad I was able to find this, and it was at that little like mini. Gourmet beer store that I like to frequent now. Yeah, I'm gonna look for I'm gonna look for that because I love an ESB. All right, uh, next time, maybe next week, I can pick that up. Uh, you know, just for us to drink, maybe, yeah. maybe for a movie night. You know, we can have a. You want to do fancy, a double? You looking for a double date? Right, Paul? I'm looking forward to a uh, fancy dinner party. All right, well, we'll, get, we we'll get that. that worked out. Yeah, well, because it's at premiere. Because I saw it and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should pick that up. Now I definitely yeah. will. Yeah. It's nice. It's I couldn't remember nice. if I like bitters or not. I love bitter. Mm. I love it. I know you do, but I didn't know if I did. So <laughs> sometimes I didn't they want to... taste iced tea. They oh, taste tea, sometimes Paul. Sometimes they do. Ooh. Yeah. And then how Chris described it with a little it's... bit of vanilla sweetness and smoothness to it. It sounds great. Yeah. It, it, like right on the side of the bottle says ingredients. Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, oats, hops, yeast. What... The the description of it is, like, disturbingly over the top, but... I just forgot um, that we were recording, because this is, like, a normal conversation for us. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to start halfway through, but it says, With hints of dried fruit and port, the flavor starts with a chewy, bready malt (laughs) and hints of brulee and cola that are suddenly swept away by time. Not... Not T-I-M-E. Not the passage of time, but... Oh, we didn't talk about the new doctor, you know, and all that. Yes, uh, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen any of the episode either. Yet. I have, I have a couple burnt episodes oh, on a cool. disc. Nice. So maybe, Capaldi. hey, maybe what? a fancy dinner party. Hey, maybe I gotta get caught up. Oh, yeah, you do. I, I'm on dinosaurs in the spaceship. All right, you're almost, you're, you're getting yeah, there. I know. That's a good one, though. I know. That's I'm excited. Really I just need to find time to sit down and watch it, and mm. because. You know, TV is kind of family time, so yeah, gotta f- watch something that everybody can enjoy. What? Well, I like I like to watch when we do dramatic readings from some of our favorite comic books. Oh well, I'm gonna pass this right over to John. This is actually from. Oh, oh you idiot! I am you idiot. are dumb. I am so dumb. <laughs> he he pulls it up digitally, and then it's like, do you want to go back? To, do you want to start at the page that you were on? And he says no. Now he's gonna find the page again. No, it's fine. I'll just pick a different page. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but you need to say what page and panel, sir. Oh, no, just tap it, and this, the pages come up on top. It'll say oh, what okay. page. Uh, <laughs> this Such is from production. This. Now, a dramatic <laughs> from the strange talent of Luther Strode, 
Page 13. Panel 2. I can't believe it came. (laughs) Ah, that's what she said. (laughs) And that was a dramatic reading from the strange talent. I think this is the first time of that... That's what she said has been on this since Scott was producer. (laughs) Hey, keeping the producer dream alive. Probably. (laughs) That was a, and that was a Magnum Boardcast presents a dramatic reading from the strange talent of Luther Strode. Page 13, panel 2. Panel 2. Good one. Who's that sexy narrator? John, this was best not to say, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Keep the mystery alive, right, everybody? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, John, you brought this to us. This is something that I picked up probably about a year and a half, two years ago. I really enjoyed it. I believe there is a bagged and board bite about me doing one of these because it's something that I really, really like. The book this fall is. I'm sorry. What's the bagged and board bite? Begging Board Bite over on our YouTube page. Okay. Um, Which you can find at youtube.com slash Board. Or if you go to beggingboard.com or beggingboardcast.com, you'll be able to find those over on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, the third the third volume of this is supposed to be coming out this October. So I'll be looking forward to that. Um, and this is The Strange Talent of Luther Strode by uh, Justin Jordan and Trad Moore. And this follows a everyday kind of nerdy kid who gets one of those books that you could order in the back of a comic book, you know? Back in the day. Back in the day, you know, that X-ray so glasses. Like yeah, look like Atlas, Hercules Strong, or you could order those X-ray specs. Mm-hmm. Um, John so, always ordered those X-ray specs, and that's why he's here today. He never worked. <laughs> Couldn't see through shit. Uh, well, maybe they worked for one in every, like, 10,000 people, John. Mm, maybe. Just like... Maybe uh, uh, a certain book that this kid orders, which is, uh, what is it called? Uh, like the Hercules, Hercules Method? Yeah, the Hercules Method. Um, so this book starts out with this normal, everyday kid, uh, and Paul, it was page three. Oh, it was page three. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Well, if you're looking it. at it digitally, it's it not actually page, page three 13. because they count like the cover, uh, so like yeah. the title page. Like they actually have. You told me to tap on it, John, and it tells me I trusted it because I trusted you. I should have learned that. Yeah, you never trust me. Yeah, this is a very scrawny kid who's tired of all the bullies in his life, and the abusive father bully, as we learn. Um, the the bully at school, Mm -hmm. and who gets this Hercules method and uses it. And it starts honing his body and and mind and spirit yes. on one focused objective. And as this is going on, there's a librarian, someone who houses the people who have used this method, because sometimes they ground, they get too powerful and they need to be locked away. Oh, okay, because that was never really explained later yeah, on in the book. Yeah, that's not explained. I'm uh, guessing that comes from, like, volume two. That, that would be in volume two. Yeah, but we see yeah. the people chained up, and they can, like, kind of wiggle, free their teeth, and then yeah, shoot like them at people and out like bullets. Kill, it, kill people. But uh, And you can kind of assume that's what happens, but you, you don't know it, know it. But this librarian goes out. He's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. He is sent... Is a, this is his recruitment drive. It is the uh, 
It is the uh oh shit. The <laughs> arcade machine from uh Last Starfighter. Yes. I, I'm sorry, I, I had that reference on the tip of my tongue and I couldn't remember the movie, Last Starfighter. But he sends out this book to everybody that orders it Same idea. and hopes that one person will be able to use his method. And uh, this Luther Strode does. And Luther Strode is one of the people. Um, so, he so becomes super strong. He yeah, can after he starts developing, of course, what does he do but become a superhero? superhero. At the behest and whining nature of his best friend, who's also a dork that just kind of wants to see him do something cool and just wants to be part of it. Yeah, and I think his Pete. best friend Pete is actually like the best character in the book. Yep. And then uh, he also has a love interest, Petra, who is, you know, also a girl a punky who's, girl. who's a punk rock girl that's, you know, dealing with an abusive father herself. And, uh, yeah. And then hilarity ensues when he uh, becomes super strong and ninja, as his mom would say. Very ninja. Uh, because yeah, he can he, see like what moves people would do, like in the future. He can see. He can predict what the outcomes will be. Yeah. He can see where it might be going. Mm-hmm. And uh, he can basically almost use like an X-ray vision and see people as just meat and flesh. And uh, we see that everybody's just a meat sock radio to explode in meat this book. Puppet. Filled with no bones. They just explode full of meat and blood. Everyone's made of meat. And uh, when he becomes... So, that's the story. That's the story. Yeah, yeah that's the librarian. You know, yeah. The librarian is someone who's a foil for Luther Strode, and mm-hmm. I don't know if we need to go... We'll probably touch upon that, talking more about the story, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I definitely really liked. I enjoy it. I enjoy the art in here. What are, what are your guys' thoughts? Um, well, when I decided to pick up the all-new Ghost Rider, number one that came out, like, earlier this year, I can't remember what month it came out in, John, you were actually excited because the artwork was done by Trad Moore, who did the artwork of this, and you're like, oh, well, if you like Ghost Rider, you should check out, you know, Luther Strode. Like, it's the same guy. And I remember I actually read issue number one, and I liked it. And a lot of that was because, you know, it's a good premise where the you know, kid sends away for one of those books from the back of the comic book, gets delivered, and here's the thing, like, it actually works. And I just liked how over-the-top and violent that the artwork could be. Because as much as I love Invincible for what it is, I love those moments where it's just that crazy, cartoony bloody gore that you don't expect from a book that normally looks like that. Um, so seeing that in this kind of scratch that itch and hit that same nerve that I get from Invincible, this one a lot more vulgar than you would get from Image Comics Invincible. But I definitely consider it within the same vein. This is definitely for more mature audiences. This would be the R-rated version, while Invincible would be like PG-13. I would agree with that. And I think that's pretty, for as big of an Invincible fan you are, pretty highly recommended then. Yeah, um, I, I liked the first issue, and it's just one of those things where I never got the rest of them because, you know, really there's something first, I downloaded just to check it out. First and I was like, issue oh, yeah, is free, is too. And I, just, I never followed through on the rest. And having read the entire volume 
one, now I'm looking forward to checking out volume two and volume three, whenever that one comes out and you wind up getting it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, uh, when we when I said we were going to do this book, I reread the first one, and then I went right into volume two, which I realized I never picked up the last issue of it. <laughs> so I had to buy I had to buy it, and I was like, "How can this be?" Because where issue because I had a, I bought it in issues where issue five ends, it feels like an ending, mm-hmm. and I just oh. never realized that it continued on with six. six. Uh, and, this is a six before, issue miniseries. Paul also. talks about okay talks about his thoughts on the book. I do want to say I was going through reading it, enjoying it, and then towards the end, I hit a point where I was like, oh, Paul's not going to like this book. (laughs) (laughs) And up until that point, like, I hadn't thought, like, oh, you know what, I'm reading this for the show, like, I'm going to have to talk about it. It was generally just like, hey, I, I have this book, I'm reading it, and it was that fact that I liked it that was carrying me through. It wasn't the fact of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, let me, you know, take notes about this because this is something I'm going to need to bring up. It was just enjoyable until I hit a point where I was like, oh, Paul won't like that. Oh, wait, Paul has to read this, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, if if you got all the way to the end and then finally decided, oh, this is the part where Paul will, won't like you, you want... I didn't dislike it. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll be the guy that I always am. <laughs> and I'm sorry. But I, I felt a lot of the characters, in fact, all the characters, and it might be by design, are basically just meat puppets. Like, okay, he was raised by, he had an abusive father, he, he's gonna strike out vengeance against anybody that had hits a woman. Alright, that is a one note character, but hey, at least it's a solid note. Uh, his girlfriend, we don't, really get much in the way of like why she's attracted to Luther Strode when he's nerdy or when he's strong like she's not off put by his kind of thing it's just oh no she's the girlfriend therefore she has to be there like and like this guy Pete is a fun character and the reason why we you might like him I don't know maybe I'm just projecting this Chris is because he's the most fleshed out character yeah. Use the word flesh in a very uh, apropos way. Uh, but basically, it seems like everybody's kind of there for a singular purpose to be that archetype. You know, he's the fun loving, you know, puts his foot in mouth friend. She's the girlfriend that's always by his side, no matter what. And he is there to just be an instrument of destruction. Uh, the librarian. The librarian is. Yeah, yeah. Um, having read issue two, or volume two, or volume two, this is the things that make him a hero. Right. These are the things that he tries to put on that mm-hmm. he tries to become Batman. He fails, so now he has to rework what he's doing and how he does it, mm-hmm. and that's what this basically the story is well it's basically he tries to become batman but he winds up being spider-man by the end of it spoilers Mm -hmm. and then in volume two like you see where he where he goes from everything that happens in here like this the next stage of his life the next stage of any superhero after that beginning story yeah 
that's what this is. Mm-hmm. This is that moment where that villain has his moment where your best friend's dead, mm-hmm. your your mom's dead, and you have to say... I, you, he severed all ties with his former life. Now all he can be is this new hero. Fakes his death, yeah, and then goes. His on. old life is over, yeah. and that's and that's what this is because they mm-hmm. they are those archetypes because that's in every comic book, right? Okay. You know that is like mm-hmm. any superhero story is. No, I have to wear the mask. I can't. We have to be separate. I can't love you. We can't be together mm-hmm. because yeah, I am this thing. On, right. on that note, I feel like this is a book that. It's doing that because it knows what it is. Like yeah. as you're reading the book, when you're seeing Luther's oh, yeah, bedroom, yeah. he has like the comic book. He has posters uh, on his walls. Like he's All Star Superman. He has uh, 100, 100 bullets. bullets. He has uh, Akira. He has. I think the most apropos is the Dragon Ball Z uh, yeah. thing because it is very Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> the amount of just crazy over the top action that it becomes. And then like, also at one point, I can't remember if it's either Luther or Pete's like laying on the bed reading like Grant Morrison's We Three, like the book mm-hmm. about the animals. Yeah. That becomes that are in like a cybernetic suits. Yep. Um, so it was at that point I was like, okay, this is a comic book that's that, referencing other comic books. It's, it knows what it's playing yeah. with. Even the fact that like his origin story is he gets that book from the back of a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's all, it is all fun, but it is, like, when you look back at everything that he goes through, it is that superhero trying, failing, and learning what it is and to yeah. be a hero. Mm-hmm. And you don't, like, if you just read it not thinking about that, it is just kind of like, oh, yeah, his archetype, his best friend is the wisecracker and this. But that's every book, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's knows that and it's being that. But it's doing it not in a different way, but in a way that I I found it incredibly enjoyable. Okay, like I I sat down and reread the whole volume in one night just because. Yeah, it, it is a very easy read. It you can get through it really quickly. I read it all in one sitting because I was just compelled to keep on going. <laughs> but it's because, also because it's a very fast read because it's all just like you might get uh, like four pages of like character and, and I, then. The rest of it is just splatter, yeah, and yeah. there's no other way to put it but splatter. No, it's a lot of splatter. <laughs> in um, like on one well, of the on one of these page, there's one there's one word bubble, and it just says yes, let's. And then there's, I mean, there's five other panels on it of splatter, <laughs> it, it, uh, it of actual splatter, but it's telling it's telling something about Petra yeah. right there, you know, like. This has gone too far. This is not mm-hmm. who I think he is anymore. But she comes right back. Well, I, I think she's most of it. She's in shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I thought was funny is this is bought. I bought it as a collected volume mm-hmm. early on in um, Comicsology, right? And it is like the just all the issues together. But what I yeah, thought was which... fun is they have like in the back of these issues they have other people doing. You know, Luther Strode pictures was like, mm-hmm. how does anyone even know who Luther Strode is to do another picture for it? I did enjoy the one where it's uh, Pete leaving him a note saying, hey, I'm coming over because, you know, you're freaking me out because I, nobody knows where you are. Uh, that one's pretty fun. Uh, it kind of it took me out of the book when I would have to scroll past like five pages 
of pinups and commentaries and here's what's coming in the next issue and then the back cover and then the front cover of the next issue. I, I felt like I wasn't reading an actual like trade paperback because because of that. Like I felt like I was just reading the five or six issues of this, however many it was, mm-hmm. like in succession. And if I had been doing that, I would have been looking through that stuff. So I think it was just weird that they included all that. I, I like, thought right so bet- too. Right in the right in between, between the issues, and all, but also the um, the first volume of the sixth gun does that too. Does it? Yeah, it does because I I remember like having to flip past all that stuff and be like, okay, it's going to show me the cover for the next issue. And like all the solicitation stuff, and then I'm gonna like swipe two more times, and then here's the cover for the next issue, and then I swipe again for like the creator page and what happened last time, and okay, now I can get back into it. Uh, see, I I guess I didn't really notice it, and now that you're mentioning it, and John's flipping through again, I'm like, oh, okay. And but it was like, all just kind of there, and I'm like, tap, 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 and I'm. And now, and now here's the thing to kind of get back to it though, like. Even for the dramatic reading, Paul, you said page 13, panel 2. And John's like, no, that was panel 3. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at it digitally, you're actually on the 13th page because you have to go through all that other stuff to get to that point. Mm. Mm. Much like how we had to get through all that great, delicious beer to get to our last beer. Ah, I gotta pour mine. Yeah, yeah, so, so do we. we. <laughs> We're gonna hit a pause right now. And the pumpkin is dead. Long live the new pumpkin. This is uh, Onita's Oak Jacked Imperial Pumpkin. Aged in oak barrels. And let me tell you, this is basically everything I love. <laughs> Out of a pumpkin. It's got... It doesn't have a... A pumpkin or a pumpkin? A pumpkin. And uh, it doesn't have that yamminess that the uh, pumpkin usually has. It does still have a sweetness, but it's got a sweetness. I, I I'd say it's got a little bit of a yammy. A little bit, but that's where the sweetness comes in, I guess. But not as upfront. In the, I don't get much vanilla as I do on the pumpkin, but I get a nice, really round oak and a nice round, full mouth flavor. You get you and get oak sure. and you get spices, and I would say. You get more of a yammy taste than a pumpkin taste. Really? I think I get more pumpkin. I get yammy. I get more pumpkin than pumpkin. Because I get a lot of yam on the pumpkin. Really? Because pumpkin tastes like sweet pumpkin pie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely a very, very good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, this was bottled, Paul, 82713, too. Oh, so wow. It's... It's a year old. It's been aging, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Um, 10.3% alcohol. This is a very, very nice beer. Um, little alcohol on the front. On the front, but not on the back. Not on the back at all. Um, you do get it. It kind of assaults the front of your tongue with that alcohol, but then completely smooths out. And rounds out. It And it has that yammy pumpkin spiced flavor, nice oak. Really good beer. I'd recommend this to anybody. Um, I would. I'm going to go to Starbucks, buy buy a whatever. I don't even care. Just to buy, <laughs> just to get one of their Starbucks glasses, you know, the star, and just pour this beer into it and bring it into work and be like, no, I'm <laughs> drinking a pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> pumpkin spice latte, guys. Mm-hmm. 
There's no, there's no reason why I'm slurring his words. Uh, I hate work. Screw you. I love this pumpkin spice latte. This, this isn't actually. This isn't something I would recommend to anyone because I don't think certain beer drinkers are not going to appreciate the complexity that is going on with mm-hmm. this beer, so and I good. think it's going to be too big and too bold for people. Ten percent, you do get that alcohol kind of punch in the beginning that completely disappears mm-hmm. as soon as it passes the front of your tongue. Um, and that 10.3, like, it does not go down harsh. Mm-hmm. There is no fire breath or anything, but it does have a boldness to it. Oh, and that it's, oak. And the oak finish. is really nice to it's it. A nice, it just rounds out everything. It just... Mm. And it's a nice dark... Look at this color of this beer. It is a dark... We never talk about color, but it's a nice amber red. We talk about it's color... A, Every once in a while, but put it up to light, and that is a deep red. It's a ready brown. Oh, it's so good. You know why we don't talk about color? Because it's a audio podcast? And that's also something that I can't see. <laughs> Anyways, Chris, oh. what are you drinking? I'm, I wish I was drinking what you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys completely sold it to me. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, no, honestly, just based off your description, it sounds like something I need to... Yeah, try to search out search over out. here because it sounds fantastic. Um, I'm drinking one that sounds fantastic, too. This is from Greenbush Brewing Co. This is Brother Benjamin. It's an Imperial India Pale Ale brewed with honey. Mmm. It's 10.1%. You had uh, me at honey, honey, sir. And because I was thinking, like, when I saw it, I was like, okay, wow. I, I like when I get a lot of honey off of an Imperial IPA to begin with. I... I don't get a lot of that. Oh, no. I'm, like, I took a sip, and I was just like, everything about this beer should be something that I like, but it doesn't have any of it, which is which kind of depressing. I mean, it's 10.1%. You can definitely get a little bit of that alcohol on it, and you're left with that, like, bitter, hoppy feeling in your mouth. Like, you just drank an Imperial IPA or a double IPA. You just don't get that wash of sweetness and everything that you would want from a normal one. Um, I'm hoping that as I get a little bit more into it, mm-hmm. I you'll, start picking that up a little bit because yeah. I've only taken a few sips. But your your mouth becomes adjusted, adjusted to it, and you can yeah. pick up those flavors a little bit more, especially if coming from different beers. That happens a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Like I say, this one for the end because it's calibrated. I, I knew it would be like the big boy of the night. You gotta get your calibration in. I wasn't. I was expecting the double sawtooth to be as as big as that was. So that could be throwing me off a little bit. But it's not bad. It's just everything about this should be something I like. And I'm hoping by the time I finish my glass of it, I find it. Um, I wanted to bring up when we were, when you were doing the double sawtooth. Remember the bourbon aged from uh, Shipyard we drank. Um, in the fall, last fall. It wasn't the blueberry one, was it? No, it was the ESB, the double ESB from Shipyard. We had the regular bottle, and then we did the bourbon bottle of it. I vaguely remember it. Um, well, that's because we both got drunk that night. And it was also <laughs> well, 233 was beers ago. It was. It was almost, it was like, it was almost a year ago. But I have yeah, not forgotten that. I have not forgotten that beer because I was like, this is so good. And as soon as I took the first sip of the bourbon age version of it, I said, this was a mistake. 
I'm drunk already. <laughs> that was the one you and I... Was you, it when we were at your sister's house? Yeah, when she gave okay, me all that yeah. beer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That was a great night. Again, I forgot we were doing a podcast and not just sitting around talking. No, but here's the thing. It fits in so well with a podcast. Uh, yeah. This is what they would pay for if we charge. Right? Um, so that's was, why we were unadvertised. Oh. <laughs> We don't run advertisements. Shipyard. Shipyard's ESB. Double ESB. Good. Bourbon version, crazy good. Sorry, Paul, you weren't there. You didn't live I with know. us at the time. I we not. saved the pump, the smashed pumpkin and the bourbon pumpkin for the show. But Do we have it to drink? We had it. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Well, Did was, I like it? It was a year ago. I, I think we enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Remember when I was like, oh, Shipyard's pumpkin. You're like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to coat my mouth in this beer, and that's not just an excuse to try to drink more faster. Um, it's good though. Mm-hmm. I, I'm becoming acclimated to it. You're, Instead of just dipping my toe into the water, I've jumped in, and yeah. it's good. But you get that honey sweetness, but it just doesn't have the richness that I would want from a imperial IPA. Yeah, you you you, you missed out on this uh, oak jacked imperial pumpkin though. I'd it does say it. keep cold, Paul. It does say keep cold. Uh, keep we cold. are drinking it warm. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if you're cold, old. Cold, yeah. though, it'll probably round out the alcohol bite up front because alcohol is the first thing to go when it's uh, chilled. And I will say, I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but um, right now at the brewery, Founders has a brown ale, the Werewolf Laser Circus. Did I mention that last yes, week? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, I live I right near the brewery. I'm I, super I cool. Did. Here's the thing. When I was there the other day, I got another pint of it, and then I brought home a growler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Rub it in your face. Hey, yeah, we're going to hey. go to Hamburg Brewery. and yeah. no, I, They got an Oktoberfest that here is pretty good, Paul. Oh, really? We should go. Here's yeah. the thing. I, I saw so much stuff from Hamburg, and even Resurgence Samurai. over this past weekend. Um, I saw Resurgence has an Oktoberfest that yeah. they're uh, tapping. That's, like They're doing like it. A whole Oktoberfest like Stein lifting competition there. Yeah, like, but when I hear about like Oktoberfest, I don't freaking care. I'd, I'd be willing to try care. it, you know. I, I, I they, they have enough stuff that I like that I'd be willing to give their Oktoberfest a no. shot. If After Firestone like it, has burned me, yeah, Firestone, Firestone burned me, Paul. <laughs> it burned you because you paid the money, but it burned me because I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at three bottles and I'm like. Screw you, bottles of beer. Save that for D and D night. And yeah, give it to those D&D other night. guys that we play with. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's really good, guys. Hamburg, Hamburg Brewery. I would be more inclined to try their Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. than I would Resurgence because mm-hmm. I think Resurgence is just going to be straight formula, mm-hmm. not with the money behind, with the better yeah, yeah. grains material, yeah. and. Resurgence is great because they're trying. They're, they're trying a lot of different things, and they're doing small batch stuff. And they're trying hard. Yeah, yeah. But Respect, Hamburg, though. you can you know there's money behind it, and, and they're not there's a love behind it, and they're not they're putting they're not putting something on tap or putting it out in the brewery without it being tested and saying this is the best we can offer. Mm-hmm. Because I mean that samurai, samurai is just. Blew my mind how good it was, and everything I've had from them, I'm like, no, this is All right, so good. It was. This good. is this is like the best version they can do of this beer. There's nothing that is yeah off about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, Tuesday when I'm off, uh, 
Alexi and I plan on taking a little bit of a road trip. We're going to be going to a couple breweries a little bit further away. So hopefully I have some good stuff to talk about from there. And remember, if you find Serial Killer anywhere... I uh, think Arcadia might be one of the stops. Like, we talked about this the other night. I can't remember, like, what was plotted out, but... Yeah, if you can, if you find it, just you pick up as many things as you can and let me know, and I will mail you the money. <laughs> Sounds um, good. I love that barley wine. Guys, so we're why don't we mail in the rest of our thoughts on the strange challenge of Luther Strode? Oh, nicely done. I was going to go you. yet again, proving we're a drinking podcast with a comic <laughs> books problem. Uh, but yeah, uh, overall, I would recommend it. It's it's fun. But it is it is the Dragon Ball Z of comic books where you want to see over the top. It's over the top. Graphic action and a little bit of, with a dash of story uh, storytelling and uh, character development. I, I think over the top is the best way to describe this book. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you know, artwork, completely over the top. The characterization completely over the top like there's no subtlety to anything in this book and it's like hey here's a plot and then everything else is done (laughs) because there's that plot there the plot isn't to serve anything else it's just like okay well here's the idea now things happen the characters aren't there to service the plot the plot is there to service to move the characters along and maybe it gets better in volume two and that's, that's I, I think it that's it fine. keeps that's... up what it did in volume one in mm-hmm. volume two. Like I don't, I mean, it keeps up. It doesn't. I wouldn't say it gets better because I didn't think it needed to get better. It right. is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's an over the top, violent story of someone becoming a superhero. The next one is that person being the superhero and people wanting to try to take him out because he is. Being a superhero, right? And the, the lengths that are the lengths locked the, up, the lengths they'll go to. No, the criminal underworld. Oh, and the, the lengths, lengths they will they go will to, go to, to the s- distance in their eyes to stop to stop a superhero who is screwing up their crime family. Um, so it's definitely uh, like I I read volume two right after this. You know, I sat in one evening and read both of them. Because I enjoy it, I thought... Volume 2 is five years later. No. Isn't it? I don't think so. It's because I... It's, it is... Because I was confused by which one we were supposed to read, so I downloaded <laughs> the uh, Strange Tales... The of, legend. The legend, legend of, of Luther Strode. And I'm like, five years later. I'm like, oh, obviously oh. not the one I'm supposed to be reading. Then because it, nobody would then start it, off a comic book so then, five yes, years later. Five years later. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, this fall, the legacy of Luther Strode. When's the uh, Born Ultimatum coming out? Le- the Ultimatum of Luther Strode coming out. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out at the end of uh, yeah, the w- legacy. legacy. Uh, if you want to find out what we're doing next week, so would I. Listen <laughs> next week. Yeah. Well, we, Download us again. No, no, we've been on top of things. Like, we have ideas going into the new episode. Oh, so yeah, we can we, talk about yeah. what we're doing next we week. We know that what we're doing. Start, it's uh, Netflix. Think about what they want. Yeah. It's Netflix. It's, I'm just going to say, it's Netflix. It's, Nothing else. It's the, what other Marvel properties do we want to see hit Netflix 
Yeah, if, we have Daredevil, Iron Fist, Power Man, uh, Jessica Jones, and Defenders coming to Netflix. And this actually stemmed from us talking about Blade a couple weeks ago now. Because I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I don't need Wesley Snipes' Blade, but I would like to see more Blade. And I think, you know, that would be a good vessel for it. So what do you want to see Dark Hawk. also done as Netflix? See, I was thinking no, all I, that's, kids programming, like, hey, Power Pack. Hey, hey, Paul, if that's what you want... Runaways. That's what you want. Uh, guess what? <laughs> Spoiler alert for next episode. This is... <laughs> all right, well, Paul let slip his. Uh, mine was not Darkhawk, so... Oh! Well, screw you! What? What? <laughs> what? Darkhawk was like a joke. Well, here's, here's the thing. Is Darkhawk Dark ever a joke? No. Yeah, it's remember awesome. the 90s? He's always awesome. <laughs> No, he's not. He's always 90s, is basically what it is. Uh, but yeah, uh, so think about what you would like uh, to hit Netflix from Marvel. and uh, Put it up on our Facebook page or over on our Twitter. Uh, you can find us. We tag ourselves in pictures over on Instagram. Um, find- yeah, hashtag bagging board. Um, yeah. Email us, contact at baggingboardcast.com or individually, Chris, John, or Paul. And, All your and, hate mail, right to Paul at bagboardcast.com. But don't send too much because now no. I can alert the FBI put, to you. Yes. Put, put you put, don't don't mail it. Put it up as a review about Paul over on uh, iTunes because we've really enjoyed those. Oh, and man, thanks to uh, we found out our two listeners who put those those reviews up that we really enjoyed. Well, Chris and I really enjoyed. I enjoyed them too. <laughs> I do enjoy them. Uh, we really like those. Those were a lot of fun. So if you got a fun review and you want to make us laugh, especially when Paul reads it to us the first time on air, uh, do that. And while you're online doing that, go check out our new website at bagboard.com. Um, we're actually keeping up on this one a little bit better than we were the original bagboard. Um, I've made a commitment to myself to try to deliver one article a week. I got one up last week. I've got another one in the hopper that I will be putting up tomorrow. So, yeah, do that stuff. We like having an internet presence. We got a new rating, but no new review. Uh, that hey. was that was me on my mom's computer. Oh, you didn't write anything. She though. wouldn't let me because she doesn't like that we swear. I we hope that hardly in, ever swear that anymore. Be in the review. After my gritty reboot <laughs> of the first few episodes where I was swearing all the time because I felt we needed that you, edge. You you had a crazy personality. We've never seen anything like Paul on the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, no, this is a podcast. We need to be edgy and hip and cool. We need to swear. <laughs> and then you, anytime I say a swear, you look at me like. Yeah, exactly like that. Because you know what? Don't don't you I mean realized... son of a landowner? <laughs> <laughs> Birdhouse. I, I liked editing ourselves like that. It was fun. It was, it was fun. Funny. And it just got to be too much work. Yeah, because I have to write down exactly when we swear, and I never keep a notepad near me. And then we we're trying not to swear. Mm-hmm. And we 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 don't swear that often. No, not really. I think I swear the most. I, I, I think... still. I think Paul was the only one that swore this episode. Up until that point with John swearing, yes, that is true. Yeah. But, you Paul's, know, Paul's secretly taking notes. <laughs> I, I do not... He was not, talking about how he does it, but he really does. I do. But, you know what? It's not enough to put an explicit tag on anything. I don't think we're explicit. 
Except for the one episode we talk about the fish hooks. The fish hooks, which is a lost episode. No, but it came back. Came back as the lost episode. I know. Oh, that's the way of coming back, guys. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only ones I have. I have our Christmas specials in that episode, like on my <laughs> on my iPod. Forever and ever. And look forward to that hitting sometime soon on the RSS feed, if I ever figure out the RSS feed again. Uh, so until next week, guys, uh, keep streaming.